Welcome to Chronic Combat Conversations, a live look at our best bets, picks, and predictions for every UFC card. Here with your hosts, live TV scouting MMA and the guru back again for UFC Vegas 42, also known as UFC Fight Night 197 or UFC on ESPN Plus 55. Yair Rodriguez taking on Max Holloway. Oh man, I, we haven't seen Max in a little. We seen Max in a little bit. We haven't seen Yair in two years, man, since before the pandemic. This featherweight title eliminator is about as exciting as it could get, and uh, we got an interesting take on it for sure. This card has kind of limped its way here as we as we've lost two fights this week already. TB. Yeah, yeah. Um, it feels like it just keeps on shuffling around. Uh, Delize was supposed to fight Anders, I believe. Then uh, Holland pulled out. He was supposed to fight Dawkins. Now then, Delize gets COVID. He can't fight Dawkins. I mean, we lost. What what other fight did we lose uh, today? Um, or, or even the day before? I mean, it's just been a mess getting here, huh? But we, uh, lost, we are going to uh, go ahead. We got eleven fights now, right? Yeah, we got eleven fights at the moment, and uh, we you know we're get, there's honestly. There's two. There's other than the main event. There are two fights that really, really stand out to me that make them this whole thing worth the price of admission. Hey, well, let's not waste any time getting down into it because uh, well, at least in terms week... of an excitement standpoint, an uh, excitement standpoint. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited to watch. Like, listen, they're all incredible. I'm excited to watch any type of fight on a Saturday. So I didn't want to wanted to preface that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with you. And listen, we got 11 fights on this card. Last week, we, we were so lucky to go UFC 268, baby, uh, live at MSG. Uh, we cashed out huge, winning we over well. 13 units on BetMMA. If you guys want to go and give us a follow there, uh, you can go to our link tree. Make sure you like and subscribe here to this channel so that you guys get all of the latest updates and all of our best bets. Because if you were following us last week for the big pay-per-view, you were cashing out. I mean, you, we cashed out like you don't, you don't have to be a big time better or have a lot of money to make money following us. That's what this unit stuff means for for you. You know, maybe beginner betters that don't know what that means. I mean, 13 units essentially means if you bet ten dollars with us per per winning right per unit, that would have been one hundred and thirty dollars winning last week. So that that's pretty good. You know, thousand dollars. I mean, you know, one hundred dollars, that's thirteen hundred. So. Yeah, and it all depends on what you bet. And listen, our picks are going to stay free. Uh, you know, so just always follow. That's all always we ask for. Free. Always follow, free. Uh, follow us, subscribe, send it around, share it, and uh, turn those turn those uh, YouTube notifications on. I got a notification when we were going thirty minutes before live. Now that was awesome. So, uh, oh. yeah, Doctor Phil's. Yeah, Doctor Phil entering the building early tonight. Yes, very <laughs> so. Early. Uh, Great. So let's kick off this this fight card with a banger. I feel like the UFC does this over and over. They always give us great matchups to start off the card and ones that are sure to excite. Kennedy and Zechiku versus Da Unjung. I mean, both of these guys bring the firepower. We saw in Zechiku fall behind in multiple fights recently, once to Olberg and and um, you know, even in his last fight to Danilo Marquez, but comes back, gets gets a KO late in each one. And Da Unjung. Uh, showing his all-around game in taking down William Knight his last time out. 
and uh, has definitely shown his versatility throughout his career in the UFC. In this fight, I mean, we're seeing in such a coup of plus 100, Daun Jung at minus 120. Is there any way you're leaning on this one? Honestly, there is. I, I It's one of those fights you kind of see going one of two ways. Um, Kennedy is going to have, what is it, a three-inch reach advantage here? Um, Five-inch. Five inches. So that's uh, what they say uh, is a big deal. You know, that's that's going to be helpful when you especially saw uh, Daung Jung, what was it, just two fights ago, struggle with the distance striking of one Sam Alvey. So that could really be a problem. Um, on the other hand, you saw uh, Kennedy and Zechikwu. In Zechikwu. Yes. Kennedy and Zechikwu. I have I've had said that before. Kennedy and Zechikwu. And Jesus. Kennedy, whatever, man. <laughs> My man Kennedy um, is uh, he you've seen him struggle with the grappling, right? With Danilo Marquez before he before Marquez actually gassed out completely and then got standing KO'd because <laughs> he refused to throw any more punches uh, based on being gassed. So <laughs> I, I I do think that and you actually touched on it briefly in your in your lead up. We saw Daung Jung use his grappling. And I honestly think that if Daung Jung can get inside, not spend too much time standing with somebody that's going to have such a large striking advantage, uh, reach advantage, right? As long as he can get that fight to the ground, he's going to have a much better time dominating this fight, gassing Kennedy out, and you know, maybe getting a late finish or just winning a decision. I feel like one of the greatest skills of Kennedy and Zedrikwu is his resilience and ability to fight back through adversity. I don't know that Jung is one of those people to to wither as the fight goes on. You know, I, we've seen him get a round three submission against Kadis Ibragimov. We've seen him work his way to a dominant unanimous decision against thick William Knight. Uh, Listen, I, I really do think that Jung possesses the all-around talent, and we've seen him use his wrestling, getting to a, a mounted crucifix uh, and getting a, a ground-and-pound finish before he even got into the UFC. So this isn't something that he's afraid to use, and we did see it in his very last fight. If we go specifically to the grappling stats, I mean, Jung has 2.79 takedowns per 15 minutes at a 61%. I know we have an 80% takedown defense from Kennedy, but... You know, if Jung is able to even, you know, work him against the cage and get some control time, as you see against William Knight here, I mean, 12 minutes of control time for Jung. And and there was there was plenty of ground and pound to go along with it. Then, uh, you know, you see against Ibragimov, he gets the round three submission, but, you know, he gives up three minutes of control, but he's able to to win the distance striking battle until Ibragimov kind of wears down. So it's nice to see that he can go the distance and maintain his own. I think minus 120 could be a bit of a steal, given that Nzetrikou is going to at least give up the first round. Yeah, and if you pull up Nzetrikou's grappling statistics, right, can we just take a look at that? I know we don't have a huge uh, sample size for Nzetrikou, though. Right. So, I mean, he's got the 80% takedown defense, but he gave up I mean, four to Darko Stosic. Right. So, but right. But wait, look at this. this so, I really Paul Craig. To, wait, wait. Thank you. I wanted to bring this up. Thank there you. There you go. So he Craig went one of 16. So do you know what that does to somebody's stats? Oh, his leg, my foot was a balloon. 
All right. They, it balloons the stats up. So when you see that and then you see Darko Stochik, who goes four of ten, um, which is actually, you know, I looked into it. He was like a 50 percent wrestler and that's 40 percent. So technically he did OK, but I, it's not it's still not very impressive in, in terms of it. And Zetrick, who's just a big guy. So, you know, some like you see somebody like Sean Woodson, who's a big guy that sometimes it makes it tough to take down when you're big. But you when you with the proper technique, you're going to you're going to get it. So I, I do think that it's not if but when Dao Jung does get the takedown, um, I just don't know that I don't know that I'm super confident that whatever that he's going to you know win with it can do it forever but you're right i don't i don't think that in Zetrukwu, um like you said he he doesn't he, he jung's not going to gas like that so i i think i do yeah. i certainly lean jung here and especially at the line that's basically right basically pick him here Not right i i mean so listen the this fight i really do think that jung is not only going to win but this fight, I don't know that it goes the distance, but I really do think it goes at least over one and a half. So if we go to our favorite type of parlay, you got Daun Jung and over one and a half is plus 120 yeah. instead of the minus yes. 120. Yes. Yes. That's my bet yes. right there because yes. the resilience yes. of Kennedy and Zechiku, and then you get plus money on Jung. And listen, Daun Jung, I really think he's legit. I'm pulling up Sam Alvey fight because although he went 0-3 on takedowns, he still got two and a half minutes of control and was successful at times in the clinch against a guy in Alvey who is very successful in the clinch. He follows that up with the 12 minutes of control against William Knight. I like the trend I'm seeing. He's going to use the wrestling. And I do yeah. think Kennedy is one of the skinnier guys, and that reach advantage is actually going to be detrimental when it comes when to the, the thicker ground. guy getting into him. Right. Uh, oops. Yeah, maybe pause on that. Um yeah, uh, yeah, just the the, the oh verbiage that we use there. Yeah, good, yeah, we're gonna move Lord. along. Anyways, uh, so yeah, I think we covered that fight. Uh, Kennedy, uh, I'm sorry, Dalun Jung to win and over one and a half plus one twenty. That, that's yeah, my that favorite. was that was beautiful, but that was not. So yeah, no, that was somebody ex- somebody tagged that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll make that our highlight of the week to post on our Instagram. No. <laughs> uh, shout out Clint for the. Uh, the tinfoil hat last week. Oh man, that was great. Oh man, that was our that was our honorary one, man. That was our first one. So uh yeah, man. Shout out Die Hard Picks, man. Go check him out. Uh Die Hard Pod MMA. Yeah. yeah. On Twitter. Anywho, let's go. Next fight. We got Mark Giacasey versus Rafael Alves. This fight has a lot of potential <laughs> to be extremely exciting as well. I Oh, I yeah. really think uh, both these guys bring the heat in the stand-up. And, you know, we've seen them, you know, get actively grappled in the past to deal with that. I, I think these guys are going to get to have a stand-up war here. What What are you thinking? Um, Hang on. I'm just trying to figure out if I saw this right. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's – I guess because – I guess because DeCasey's last three, four fights in a row have gone the distance – but man, does that guy not fight like a distance fighter? He cracks. What's his nickname? The Bone Crusher. That's oh my it. goodness, man, he smacks. And um, you know, you watch his fight with uh, uh, Rafael Fiziev in his in his last outing, and it's just it's just one of those unfortunate situations where you know he's a striker and Fiziev's a striker as well, and Fiziev's striking is just better. 
and then not only is he better where, you know, where where uh, DeCasey's at his best, but Fiziev was just also the better MMA fighter too. He was just better all around. And that's I'm not trying to take anything away from DeCasey at all. He hung with him. It's like it's almost similar to like, and it wasn't as much of a landslide. Obviously, this is the biggest landslide ever, but similar to like the Cater Holloway fight. It's just like somebody is just so much better than you in all aspects. But I do give him credit for being able to hang with him. So, um, with all that being said, I I don't think Alves, who is barely able to hang with Demiris Magulov, right, other than that really pressure cooked first round. I don't think that he stands through Jacasey. Like I think Jacasey finally breaks through here. Like I think he might even get a finish. You know, he hasn't Ooh. gotten a fin- he hasn't gotten a finish since 2017. And uh, you know, I do think it's possible. And uh, I also think it's possible that uh, you know, if we're gonna go the other side, if it's the dog side, I think the only way he wins is by finish anyway. Ooh, so, so interestingly think, enough. I th- I think this F- is the fight that doesn't go the distance. Plus one ten. You know. Yeah. Or you can. Uh, yeah. So that's and you know they ha- listen. And there's nothing wrong if you you know if you went even if you felt the other way with Jacasey. You know what, what's that? What's our favorite prop there? Over one and a half. I like that too for this fight. I do think it go. I don't think it maybe is uh, a first round finish, but uh, hmm. Jacasey in the over one and a half is minus one thirty five. So I don't necessarily. Uh, love that. I would I would rather just play the plus one ten doesn't go the distance because you get protected either side on a finish. Alves has seven knockout and seven submission wins, but he also has three knockout and six submission losses. Um, <laughs> you know, idea Casey could definitely get a finish, and I wouldn't put it past Alves to sell out to get a finish himself. I mean, he hurt Ismagulov in the first round of their fight last time they fought. And he even got him in a couple bad positions on the ground where you thought he might be able to get locked in a guillotine here or there. But I mean, ultimately I don't feel like super comfortable on either side. And right now, like if you, you, you don't like the Jacasey money line, Jacasey minus one ninety. I mean, that should be solid as hell. I just, um, 60, 66%. 65%. Yeah. I mean, listen, Jacasey is my pick. I don't know that I'm going to have him in like a parlay or anything. Interesting. Uh, I feel like at 65%, I like him. I think I, because I feel like I like him up to about 70, 70%. But, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I kind of just like that inside the distance, but I don't know that I'm even going to necessarily play that. I don't come away wanting to, to the make inside the distance is fading. The narrative is fading a narrative that it's not even there's it's, it's fading the narrative in value. There's, you know, it's tough to like, right. I'm just, you know, I'm kind of like. Well, that that's that. my ultimate point is that I just don't have, I myself don't have a great read yeah, on you this fight, but, it's, but it sounds like you are leaning pretty, yeah, I, you know, decently heavy on you, Casey, and I've been known to come around after weigh-ins and talking tough, the yeah. rest of the week. So generally on when you tough, get that, that strong of a feel, I can be talked into it as the week goes on. So stay tuned and see if it makes it on our bet MMA plays. A hundred percent. I think tough, it's yeah. on a tough card where it's going to be, I feel like it's tough to find really, really hard, uh, solid spots. I feel relatively solid about Jacasey here. One thing I did quickly want to bring up was that this is, uh, Jacasey's first fight on us soil since his split decision loss to Drakkar close in July of 2017. So it has been a long time since he has been 
in Las uh, Vegas. And in all fairness, JKC, two-inch height advantage, five-inch reach advantage. Okay, maybe you're starting to get through to me here. Thank you. for I, I, I should have brought those specs up from the beginning, shouldn't I have? But yeah. uh, that's a good point, too. I like that. So, all right. So, hey, I'm coming around on it. I could totally feel that. But let's uh, let's keep it moving here. We got our next fight. Courtney Cast Iron Casey versus Liana She-Wolf Jojua. Um, Jojua coming in plus 195 and Casey a minus 240. Casey's got a three-inch height and a five-inch reach advantage. And I just think her offensive wrestling is probably, you know, not, not so great. Did you say uh, minus two forty? Yeah, it's that feels dirty, right? Did you Courtney say Casey is a minus two forty on the nine and nine Courtney Casey, who's coming off two losses. Her career record doesn't even match up with that percentage of like that's that's a seventy percent right there as far as as a win probability for Courtney Casey on the line and her career record even out. I mean, her record wait, in the UFC mean, is five and eight. Seventy. Wait, what do you mean seventy? So minus minus two forty would be like 71% oh, 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 as far oh. as the probability. Yeah, so Courtney Casey's record in the UFC is five and eight. So, I oh, mean, that's geez. more that. Yeah. So listen, I mean, Jojua, what is she really? Uh, so does she get a submission here? Courtney Casey has two submission oh. losses. I mean, one to Jillian Robertson. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, Jojua, oh, she's got the master of sports and grappling, but like, a rear naked choke yeah. late in the third round. I don't want to say that I, you know, I haven't watched that fight recently, but she's probably just tired. No, nah, uh, it's true. But uh, listen, I mean, Jojua got that round one Belbita armbar. So could she pull something off if Casey tries to use her size and go into the grappling realm? I mean, I, I don't listen. Let, let's put it this way. I'm not going to be putting money on this fight. <laughs> the line feels oh. so sketchy, but Courtney Casey should win. God no! And listen, what what have we said that you know when there's a lot of uncertainty about fights, the line should be closer together, and this line is too far apart. So, uh, dog or pass in terms of a bet, and uh, I don't know. In terms, of, I mean, I do know. I'll probably circle Courtney Casey, and like I said, in terms of a bet, dog or pass. There you go. Let's uh let's get on to our next fight. I actually have a little bit of a stronger feeling on this one. Woo! We got Sean Snipe, uh, Sean the Sniper Woodson versus Colin Anglin, who doesn't even have a nickname. Uh, right now, Sean Woodson at minus 335, Colin Anglin at plus 260. Um, Sean Woodson has a five inch height advantage and a seven inch reach advantage. That's huge. Does he have the uh, reach? <laughs> Is it the longest 79-inch reach? That's insane. It's a, uh, 78. 78? It says 79 yeah. on Tapology. So yeah, Tapology is never right. Yeah. You got to use UFC lies. stats. No, nah, for sure. Um, So, I mean, listen, they land. <laughs> I wouldn't even take Anglin's stats really at, like, face value because we're looking at, you know, Dana White contender is- series opponents. And then Bagdasarian was such a quick fight um, that – you know, it really, really doesn't reflect well. Now, Anglin, if he commits to the grappling, would he even be able to take Woodson down consistently given the size disadvantage and Woodson's 81% takedown defense against some pretty high-level UFC opponents that have really tried to grapple against him? Um, honestly, I, 
I don't know, man. I kind of think so. <laughs> I like I found myself on the dog. I found myself on Colin Anglin and not for any sort of strong play or anything, but I, I talk about dirty lines. I don't trust Sean Woodson here. Ooh. The last time I played Sean Woodson at this kind of number, he was losing to Julian Arosa. He got and he got he got Julian Arosa. Like you know that happens, right? Well, yeah. if you don't have one punch it's knockout power, Julian Arosa will put the pace on you. And like, right. I mean, Woodson won the first two rounds, but Arosa is just so right. good at staying Arosa, on the front he, foot. He yeah, got the, and the third round submission that he loves so much. So yeah. he, he got Arosa. It happened. Yeah, um, I mean, but listen, I think aside from that, Woodson has shown the ability to use. I mean, fifty-seven percent defense. But like, so the thing with for only forty-three percent accuracy. So forty. All right. Well, so he doesn't really use it, his offense very much. He's, he definitely prefers more to strike. And I don't know how much. So you also have to. Um, the Terrence McKinney fight is included in there where he won by flying knee. Um, he was losing the majority of that fight. Right. And then so then there's the Kyle Bokniak fight who's not even in the UFC anymore. Right. And then, no, he's out of the UFC. Then he loses to Enarosa. And gets a split decision win versus Yusuf Zala, which probably was It should have been a unanimous. It, yeah, it should have been a two rounds to one or whatever. Um, but it, you know, it he he showed good takedown defense, kind of. It was just that he was tall, and Yusuf Zalal is not a wrestler. He's like, isn't he more? He's a Muay Thai striker that's hmm. trying that has shifted to MMA. This guy Colin Anglin wrestled for Michigan. Like wrestling is his background. It is huh. his. It is how he got into MMA. And so, then you look at, and then you look at his small sample size that we do have of his stats. And if you could pull up Colin Anglin's small sample size of stats, you'll see that his takedowns. You scrolled down a little too much, buddy. Could you scroll up a little? Oh, you want to you, look at? Them. Where are you going? Oh, I was going to show you individuals. No, I don't want right that. Here. Thank you. What I wanted was his takedown average of 2.75 per 15 minutes at 80%. That's what I wanted. So that's across two fights, obviously, one of which he lost fairly quickly. Well, he but, went three of three against Naimov, and he went one of two against Melzig. Right. So that's decent, and it shows that that's the game plan that he tried to get going. You know, I, and where where Woodson, you know, I'm not sure that you're going to have the – you're not going to be afraid of him to really knock you out, are you? No, mm. this guy's got decision wins all across his um all across his uh regional career. So you're not afraid of that unless of the the freak flying knee, but as long as you can navigate those long limbs tripping people when you're a wrestler, like he had the inside trips as opposed to just what was it the body lock takedowns mm. or whatever the the basic bullshit that Zalal was putting out right, that time like the again. Was, leg the, and the same thing over and over. And you want my cherry on top? Here's my cherry on top, baby. Where does Colin Anglin trade? Out of Factory X with Yusuf Zalal. Revenge. Hmm. So, you know, you plus 260. Hmm. With Eric Nixick in your corner, man. You know. And by the way, very interestingly enough, told on the Lock of the Night no. podcast. Wait, wait, wait. By Eric, Eric Nixick. Nixick. What? Yeah, isn't Eric Nix Eric Nixick coaches? Uh, oh no, that's. Uh, 
Yeah, that's Montoya. X. No, oh, that's no, Montoya. that's Montoya. Fuck. Not Eric Nixick. Um. Anyway, why did I mix that up? I don't Eric know. Continue. But I anyway, he had James Krause in the corner. For that's why I'm confused because he did have James Krause in the corner for uh Colin Anglin's Dana White contender series fight, which was weird because James Krause is not uh his coach because I'm pretty sure Locker than I told the story that he filled in for him. But maybe I have it mixed up. I don't know. I think that tweet ended up getting deleted. Anywho, no, it wasn't a tweet, it was on his podcast. But anyway, okay. Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, I think you got an interesting angle with Anglin. Um, is that, that... Should be his nick- that's his nickname, Colin the Angle. Anglin. Anglin. Listen, I think you do make a good point where Melsick <laughs> had the knockout power to deter Anglin from wanting to get inside and mix it up. I don't think Woodson really packs that punch, so Anglin could really just go in and get some control time. That is an interesting point. And, um, you know, I think I might need to go do a little bit more research because I was thinking about playing Woodson as a parlay piece. But um, to be honest with you, now that I kind of take those factors into consideration, I'm seeing your angle here. Yeah, my, with my angle, angle. And, and by the way, whether whether my caveat was right or not, I know for sure he trains with Yusuf Zalal. Like that's if they train together like. On the Dana, what you can watch the Dana White Contender Series footage, mm. like you, when they do the little blurb as he's walking in, it's it's Zalal introducing him <laughs> as his training partner. All right. So like they train together. So uh, yeah. So I, I let's uh, here. let's move right along. We have in our next matchup, we have Miguel. What is it? Caramel. Oh, no, 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 no. They no, moved that one. I'm no. sorry. Yes. We have Cynthia Calvillo versus Andrea Lee. Sorry, guys. And you know I what? Okay, and by the way, that, that fight should have been on the main card from the To jump. begin if, with. If not, if not the headline. We'll get back the there. And we will get back there. Because you know what? You're goddamn right. Anywho, we got Cynthia Calvillo versus Andrea Lee. KG. Calvillo taking a gigantic, one of the most gigantic steps down in competition you could possibly <laughs> take in women's MMA going from Jessica Andrade to Andrea Lee. I'm sorry, no offense to Andrea Lee, or maybe a little bit of offense because she's yeah, you married don't like to Andrea a neo-Nazi. Lee. She's married to a neo-Nazi. What else am I supposed to say, okay? Yeah, I, no, I don't like that, okay? Her like She knows what she's doing, of, all right? Her forehead is the size of Texas. It's fair. Anyways, it made me so happy when she lost to Roxanne Mataferi. I have probably a gigantic amount of bias, but Calvillo at minus 130 seems like a gigantic steal. It's not like she got knocked out cold versus Andrade. It was just kind of <laughs> like she she couldn't deal with the barrage and like I don't know. You know, she got, she got she got she I, listen, I don't love it, but Andrea Lee at plus one ten, that seems like an overreaction to her beating Antonina Shevchenko. All of her yeah. fights before that, she beat she loses to Roxanne Mataferi, she loses to Lauren Murphy, she loses to Joanne Calderwood. I mean you know like like listen andrea lee you know she beat montana de la rosa back in 2019 before de la rosa really started making her improvements ashley evans smith veronica macedo rachel austin i mean come on those wins are not great and and antonina shevchenko is not the best one to add to it so ultimately it it really does just come back down to uh i'm I'm going with uh, Cynthia Calvillo, and I'm not going to say inside the distance or not. I just think minus 130 is a solid enough price. Like, 
there's going to be someone else on this card that you could throw it together with. And if you don't want to do the parlay from earlier, you could do it with Jung if you want a minus 130 and minus 120. But I think that there would be someone else that you could parlay her with. And honestly, in minus 130, you could just play that straight. Yeah, I don't be parlaying this fight because there's I don't know how you how confident you can feel on either side. I'm not sure that you know we've seen uh, KGB right use some wrestling and some I don't know how good how great Calvillo's wrestling is going to be in comparison. I mean I guess she had the she had the draw with Marina Rodriguez, which is probably the last time you're going to be we're going to be looking at some sort of I mean not even right when was the last time she actually faced a wrestler. Carla Sparza. When was the last time she faced somebody that's going to shoot more than two takedowns across 15 minutes? It's a problem. So, and it's also on short notice. After she got knocked out less than two months ago, it's a full, and I'm a degenerate. This is a full pass from me, homie. I got nothing. I just got, I got, that's I got, a, I got, I got a laundry list of reasons why why i don't know like why each side is crazy that's what i got i got a laundry list of reasons why each side is crazy fight goes fair. the distance fight goes the distance at five minus five million like whatever fair that's enough it. and I, I i don't even love that fight it actually says finest fight to go the distance at minus 190 which is like a really fair number so that seems yeah. too fair you're right let's and, just and let's not touch this one and then you know what that might even that line might be an overreaction to both of them having finishes their last fight i don't think either one of them like right because andrea i don't think either one is finishing the other yeah andrea that was andrea that was andrea kgb lee's one two three four five six that was her seventh ufc fight and her first ufc finish so and calvillo has only lost by finish oh wait yeah i mean she had no sorry she won she beat Battaglio by rear naked choke once and she lost to Jessica Andrade last time once. This fight is going the distance. So oh and, and you're fine. She beat Pearl Gonzalez as well. We love Pearl. Sorry, Pearl. And uh she also beat Amanda Cooper in her debut. So that was also in 2017. My one bet, and it's actually not even a bad one. This fight is going the distance. At minus one ninety, I actually think that's a steal. Not bad. All Moving right. the fuck on. Yes, uh, we got Tiago Moises versus jo- Joel Alvarez. I'm all over Moises in this spot. I mean, okay, listen, on paper, Joel Alvarez has a six-inch height advantage and a seven-inch reach advantage. Tiago Moises was just in the main event against Islam Makachev and made it to the fourth round in heavy grappling exchanges. There's no way Joel Alvarez is submitting him. I'm sorry if he does it. I'll come back on the show. I'll apologize to you guys. I'll write a formal apology. I'll do something crazy. Tiago Moises is winning this fight. Minus 240 is probably not a wide enough line. Tiago Moises is my favorite parlay piece on this card. Throw down Tiago Moises. And Tiago Moises, just any which way, I'm not really comfortable playing like an over, blah, 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 because Alvarez is way too accepting of being taken down and shit, and Moises could just... Finish him right away. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and other than his first loss ever, like being a, a freak head kick knockout in M1 Global, and then his decision loss to Demiris Magulov in 2019. I mean, he's a fairly durable guy. So, I, yeah, I, I honestly think from like a, a sipping the tea kind of 
overarching standpoint, Tiago Moises did the UFC a fucking favor, man. He stepped yeah. in against it. He, st- he sacrificed his spot. He stepped in the main event spot. He stepped in against yep. the killer, right? Didn't they have, didn't that whole fight week change on short notice or something to be weird? I don't know. I think it there was did. weird behind it. Yeah, did. It was supposed to be RDA. Me. Thank you. There was some, there was weird shit behind all that. So Moises stepped up. Um, they're tossing him a bone here. Uh, we haven't seen uh, Alvarez fight since the Yakovlev fight, which was uh, October 2020, Gaethje versus Khabib. So it's been a while, and uh, I don't think that he has really anything for him. He's going to need a finish, and Moises is just has shown himself to be too. Uh, he has got an IQ, high, high fight IQ. He's savvy. And he's pretty well rounded everywhere. So Moises Listen, is probably probably the lock of the week. Moises outstruck Bobby Green. He landed the power strikes and and hurt Bobby Green. I mean that that should tell you something as far as the developments he's made on the feet. And he is a higher ranked grappler, and legitimately has been grappling. I mean since he's been eight years old. Uh, high ranked jujitsu black belt. Tiago Moises is not getting submitted by Joel Alvarez. And as a guy who has two knockouts and 16 submissions on his record, that's Joel Alvarez's path to victory, and it's just not happening. Uh, Moises all day, minus 240 is not enough. Uh, you can <laughs> – do we throw 11 Get it now. That Get it risk? now. Get it now. Get it now. I promise you it will be minus 300 by fight day. Wait, can we actually talk about that really, really quickly? You, the same exact line. Courtney Casey or Tiago Moises? That's what we that's that right there everybody is exactly what we're talking about when somebody deserves a fucking number and somebody doesn't okay Courtney Casey minus 240 or Tiago minus Moises minus 240 if you want to even be the most mm. basic gambler and we're just talking about building parlays and you don't even care about what the entity is that you're betting on uh, with like they're not even the same values of entities Right, like he's such a good fighter. Courtney Casey is nowhere near as dependable. Like it's just wow. And then yeah. Woodson at minus three thirty-five. I totally see what you're saying, oh but you God, know what? Yes. Okay, so as an idea, if you parlay Jacasey at minus one ninety with Moises at minus two forty, you get plus one sixteen. Minus one sixteen or plus? Plus plus one sixteen. I know you're obsessed with that plus money. So yeah, I love that. I love that. I mean, is that it? Is that a three-unit play on Bet MMA? Two, two units. Two, two or three. Two or three. We'll talk. We'll talk it down further. We'll 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 watch the line movement. And I also want to see what other plays we end up with for the rest of the card for the rest of the week. Anything else we may see? Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about blah 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 blah, it's only right to pull up, you know, that this is, you know, Moises is going to be a play of the day here, folks. Oh, has to be. Has to be play yeah. of the day. Yeah. We're just finding another piece to go with him. Yeah, Tiago Moises straight up is the play of the day. Um, Yeah, listen, if you got bread, if you got bread, put it down. Whatever, 240 to win 100, like whatever. I mean, All right. Bread. Let's take a jump to the uh, to the main card here. I'm ready for this jump. So this is what I'm saying. Like, how exciting have these fights been, right? That we broke down. Uh, the next two, the next two fights are are what I've been like. I just like, ah, uh, let's get yeah. into it. Oh my so god. So here we go, uh, Mr. Fight Night Picks. Uh, we have <laughs> Song Yudong. 
versus Julio Julio Arce. This one is is sure to be a striking battle. Um, Yadong has been <laughs> someone that's been around for wow. years. I mean, he he was sent at ten years old to learn wushu. He won a gold medal at twelve. He started studied sanda, so he's got some of the traditional backgrounds. He's now twenty three years old. Yeah, he's eighteen four and one at twenty three years old. I mean, that's just super impressive. And also, you see the chin he has. It's absurd. <laughs> that that head kick he took in the first round from Kyler Phillips, still don't know how he's standing to this day. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's got a blockhead, but he also comes in with a three-inch reach disadvantage against Julio Arce. And Arce is the southpaw in this matchup. I think it can get a little tricky. I um, Looking over you know, the stats, I don't think that either guy is going to really have the grappling edge in this fight. If anything, Yudung might be a little bit more powerful and could land like a blast double. But I do see him more willing to kind of be working off the back foot with some counters and and keep this fight standing for the most part. I feel like uh, you know his .49 takedowns shows that he's not really the one looking to initiate for the most part. But he is able to scramble and get to his feet when it gets to an issue. Now, Julio Arce... Coming out of Tiger Shulman's camp, I mean, he's super impressive with the hands. He can he can mix it up. He goes to the body. He he has good leg kicks. Uh, he he'll go with the combos, work into the body, and and back up to the head. And I think that's why we saw him actually provide Andre Yule with his first UFC knockout uh, loss. That is. So Arce's got five knockout wins, five submission wins, seven decisions. But in the UFC, he's got two knockouts, one sub, and one decision. I. I, I see Arce at plus 110 as some serious value here. I, I mean, are, are you leaning the same direction, or what do you think on this fight? God, you know, it, it's I did. I kind of – I do. I, 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 I was leaning. I am leaning Arce. I just – I do find myself somewhat pausing because I was so impressed with um, just how Ka- how Song Yudong looked against Casey Kenny, man. Mm-hmm. That, that split decision for, again, for as much as I love – Casey, I bet on him that fight, man. And I bet on him versus Dom Cruz. So now I'm just annoyed at how much money I've lost on Casey Kenny. <laughs> I I liked I liked Casey Kenny over Song Yudong, but watching that fight, man, Song Yudong won that fight fair and square. He just he's got quick hands, awesome combinations. Um just was really, really very impressive. Punishing bot uh body work. You know what? What do they say? Punches and bunches. Like he he was really uh, exercising that to a major degree, and it and it frazzled Kenny. He didn't really know what to do with it, and that's where I think somebody like Julio Arce kind of comes into play because he he's that vet that's not too old. You know what I mean? Like they have, right? Yudong has one more professional fight than him or two more professional fights than him. And he's got, and, but Arce is 10 years older. So it's like about tread on the tires, but also wisdom. So that's kind of my meta analysis for why I lean Arce at plus money. Other than of course, Loving me some plus money, but in my head before I saw the line, I I I lined it at and you know I lined it minus one 
60 and plus 130. So I was surprised to see it a little lighter. Yeah, I, I really think um, that this fight is going to be fireworks, and I don't think that either guy is going to get a finish here. Um, I think they're both very technically sound. In the UFC, all their losses have come by decision, although that they do have finishing tendencies offensively. I just don't know if the other guys can be finished. So minus 190 for the fight to go the distance. Uh, no, no, think... no, 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 no. How about minus 158 on FanDuel? There you go. That's why we search for value, huh? Yeah, minus 158 for the fight to go the distance on FanDuel. And why not you? Why not parlay that to? Uh, I don't know what the line is yet on FanDuel, but when they hopefully when they release it, it's a it's a comparable line to what they have on DraftKings for the uh, Calvillo Lee fight to go the distance. You could parlay both of those fights to go the distance. Got together. it. I like that. that could be, I like that. that. Could be fun. Interesting. Keep keep your eyes peeled for our bet MMA if we go with those, and uh, let's get on to the next fight. We've got yeah. now. Now we've got Miguel Caramel Thunder Baeza versus Chaos Williams. I mean, the Ox Fighter, you don't even need the Ox Fighter. He's Chaos Williams. I feel like that's, I mean, he's, his name is Kalen. Chaos is already the nickname, right? Like, why Why is it? Why do we have another nickname also? I guess he's Strong's an Ox, but like, that, that didn't make too much sense to me looking into it. Anyways, now that we get down into the fight, uh, Miguel Baeza is going to have a two-inch height advantage but chaos williams has a three inch reach advantage they both typically fight out of orthodox and so far we've seen in the ufc that they have a very similar level of volume but i mean it definitely seems like miguel baez has got much better accuracy now i will say when you fight michelle Pereira, it makes it very difficult from an accuracy standpoint especially when your other fights end within like three seconds and also matthew semmelsberger is very high level so I give a lot of credit to Chaos Williams for how he's shown out, but also at the same level, you talk about impressive losses. Miguel Baeza versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Let's let's go down into the, the breakdown for that fight because Baeza lands 104 strikes to the 121 of Ponzinibbio. And you see Baeza come out firing hot in the first round, and he just he basically just gassed out. I mean, his output goes way down and you know he's just kind of hanging on at the end i know he has 110 significant strike attempts but he's really just matching the pace of baeza and you could tell his gas tank just can't keep up from a getting their first standpoint and, and ponzanibio really just is pouring on the pressure and it was it was very impressive to see baeza make it the distance there um it, was there anything you took from that fight guru uh, i mean what i took from the fight more was how impressive uh the, the the vet showing of Santiago Ponzinibbio was because I was on Baeza there. And after that first round, I'm like, man, Baeza is a beast, man. Write his ticket. And then he wilted and lost those next two rounds. And uh, it was a bummer <laughs> from, a, from, a, from a better standpoint um, and a handicapper standpoint, you know, to make that mistake. Um, it's This is one of those fights where um, I cannot wait for it. I'm so excited. Um, I feel like, and again, I don't know if I'm chasing value, but I find myself on the dog. Um, at Chaos Williams at plus 125. I also find myself maybe trying to fade a narrative 
with this fight going the distance at over two and a half plus a hundred. Ooh. I, you know, and you I, get that I, extra half around just in case. Yeah. So, and I'm sure that line will change if that's really how they feel about it with the under two and a half at, you know, minus one thirty. Um, so, you know, I, I, I I'm ready to weird. break out the banner. Yeah, no, is he the no? I don't want to go that far. Are oh really come on! Like, well, who's I, yours? I guess you're. I mean, it's either him or Arce. So honestly, there's another one that I well, might do though. Or I, I like almost Anglin better as my dog of the day. Honestly, I'll be honest. There's another one that you're going to be so mad about. Yeah, there's a lot of dogs on this card. There's a lot of dogs on this card. There's a lot of dogs barking, but I don't know that all will hit home. So I guess essentially that means if you play small conservative uh even units essentially like you can win if some of these dogs crash home because there's value but you know his dogs cash more often than not but it's you know what are the odds that both are say and and chaos hit i know that they're obviously mutually exclusive but well here's my question is what were the odds that so many favorites hit on the last two pay-per-views I mean, it's. I'm just saying. There's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see more opportunities on You're this right. card for these underdogs that I'm looking into than I felt were on the other cards, and that's why I didn't bet as many on the other cards. No, and you're right, and that's and that is and that's what I'm saying. I do, I do see, and that's what I'm saying. I see value in Chaos Williams as an underdog here, especially a plus one twenty five. I think that mm-hmm. line gets even closer as you get closer to fight day. Um, I just. I, I just I, and I want to air it to the viewers too. I you know I, I air out my thinking process, which is you know I don't want to just be chasing dog money on somebody I quote unquote like or somebody that's exciting or something like that. You know I want to I want to talk it through. And uh, you're right. I, I mean I think there might be value there. I mean is it possible that we're devaluing Baeza after an unfortunate loss to a an incredible vet in Ponzinibbio because. Do we do we feel that as good as Pehea and Semmelsberger are like that Ponzinibbio even still is on a, a plane above that or no, maybe not. Like I just maybe don't. maybe Michelle Pehea and Santiago Santiago, Santiago Ponzinibbio would put on an incredible fight. Like what's the line in that fight? Maybe that's an interesting. So line. I would say that the two things that stood out to me for this fight was seeing how. Uh, you know, Pereira was able to get two takedowns on Chaos, but only with a minute 20 of control. And Chaos had 36 seconds of control himself. So it showed that his wrestling defense has really, really, really improved. And his getup game is improved. He's going to wrestle? I think that he's had that in his back pocket against his last few opponents before Ponzinibbio. I don't think that's in his back pocket here because it's always been like, oh, sneaky black belt, blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't think that that's something that he could really lean on in this fight if he needed to, because I think chaos is going to have a big time strength advantage here and MMA masters. I mean, it seems like a solid camp. It seems like he could have been getting some good work uh, with Colby and all that, but I just, I really do think that chaos has been showing some extremely, extremely solid improvements in the grappling department and his striking. I mean, he he's out striking Michelle Pereira and, and Matthew Semmelsberger who are, who are just, lights out against their other opponents so that, that's just super impressive to me and you know what's also interesting now that you think about it maybe ponzinibbio has like the the veteranship or the technical ability over chaos but is chaos not going to be stronger quicker more more powerful more explosive 
Yeah, and I think that Baez is going to have to be a lot more careful with his with his power, and I think that he's going to have to operate from a from a safer perspective in this fight because he knows what chaos brings to the table. This this is also a possibility, mind you, that we could look back and just say that Miguel Baez is a more technical MMA fighter. Just took Kalen to school here. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past this. So, yeah, maybe, I, you know what? Not the dog of the day because Baeza is so talented. That is a very good point. But I do lean cast because I think this is a more 50-50 fight and you get the dog purse. Agreed. Uh, so, I think he's, again, I think he's, there's, with with too many dogs on this card, I'm not comfortable, you know, really going off on dog of the day. Me, Colin Anglin is the guy that really interests me the most. Maybe as far as from a price that. perspective. Yeah, especially because of that. I just feel yeah. like the, it makes the least sense. I feel like he's the most likely to hit home, too. Like, I just, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like it. You I ready like to it. fly through this next fight? No offense. Yeah, we got, yeah, I, uh, listen, we got Felicia Spencer, the Phenom versus Leah Letson. I mean, come on. Just from my perspective, this is a setup fight for Felicia Spencer getting her back on track. Leo Letson's been out with like life-threatening injuries or career-threatening injuries, and the only win on her record was Stolyarenko on Ultimate Fighter. I had a really tough time even finding that, and this isn't a fight that I feel comfortable playing Felicia Spencer at minus three ten. But yeah, she's going to be my pick. I mean, that's really that's really all I've got. Well, she was obviously she was obviously in the Ultimate Fighter, right? With yeah. uh fight a win over Bay Malecki, which is worth I don't know of yeah. <laughs> exhibition win. And she lost to Macy Chase on with a knee to the body. So yeah, not not much to break down. I probably Eileen Spencer, I uh regrettably did not get to do much to tape much tape on this fight this week. So listen, a little MSG hangover from UFC two sixty eight. Maybe oh a couple fights we're still card. We're still going to be uh, doing a little more research as the week goes on. So make sure you guys check out our bet May tips and uh, see what our final bets end up being because there might be a couple that we end up coming around on. But, uh, yeah, we are getting our strongest plays here. Off to the next fight, our co-main event. It feels so disgusting to say that when the co-main event contains Ben Rothwell at minus 150 and Marcos Rogerio de Lima at plus 130. Honestly, honestly, I'm so upset. Miguel Baeza Chaos Williams at first was on the prelims, wasn't even a headlining prelim. Should have been the headlining prelim. Now it's squeaked its way to the main card. Man, this fight should have been the co-main from the beginning. Yeah, from the beginning. Why not push these young guys? I mean, even give me, like, Cynthia Calvillo and Andrea Lee. I mean, at least they're up. Big Ben Rothwell and and Marcos Rogerio de Lima, the man who got 14 minutes of control time against Maurice Green. Let them kick off the um. Let them kick off the main card. Like, who yeah. Can, like, can we switch it around? Like, is it too late for that? But I don't think I don't think you care. I don't think yeah. Dana cares about what we have to say. Not yet, anyway. Yeah. Soon, but not fair yet. enough. So, all right. Listen, Rothwell's got a three-inch height advantage, a three and a half-inch reach advantage. He's also four years older and just like has Big not looked has not looked good aside from when he faced Chris Barnett on short notice and got a completely gassed out Chris Barnett to shoot a desperate, please submit me takedown in the second round. And before that he beat OSP by split decision and OSP's short notice move up to heavyweight in COVID era by just leaning on him and almost getting knocked out, mind you. And then he also went with the nut shot TKO 
on Stefan Struve. He was like, well, I'm going to lose this fight unless I just start kicking Stefan Struve in the nuts until, you know, Dan Rigliata just tells him, listen, bro, just keep fighting, bro. You're going to win. He's going to take the points. So anyways, yeah. Okay. Those are the most recent wins for, for Ben Rothwell. Ew. Um, okay. So then we go back and his losses. I mean, Marcin Tybura just put it on him. Arlovsky. Yep. That was pretty easy. Ivanov. Yep. Dos Santos. Yep. I mean, okay. Then you get a little bit way too far back, but Ben Rothwell, I mean, my dude, he's going to be facing a guy that actually has really solid Muay Thai in uh Rogerio de Lima. And I mean, I guess he also has kind of decent wrestling ability against like guys like Maurice Green, but I bet he's not going to be out here trying to wrestle Ben Rothwell in the early parts of this fight. I, I do think that Ben Rothwell could get knocked the fuck out by Rogerio de Lima. And I think at plus 130, give me Rogerio de Lima. I could not disagree with you anymore. Talk to and, me. Uh, listen, and here's why, man. Big Ben Rothwell, um, while he hasn't looked particularly great, when has he ever looked particularly great? One thing I can give him is that even though he hasn't faced a super high level of competition, it's still higher of a level of competition than who Marcelo De Lima has faced. And De Lima beat Maurice Green, kicked him out of the UFC in a fight that we had dubbed possibly loser was going home like Mm. without a contract and we were right on that accord and let's just be real Marcia DeLima is just fat he's not like look at his topology picture Mm. the dude's ripped he does not look like that that's the biggest catfish so he's not a real heavyweight he's a light heavyweight fighting at heavyweight Big Ben Rothwell is going to have five inches of reach on this boy He's gonna he's gonna keep him at range, touch him up. Only three? Yeah. Why did I have five? Anyway, three inches of reach. He's what Ben does use well. He utilizes his jab and his range very well. He hits fucking hard, even still at forty. So he's got forty two percent striking accuracy and forty seven percent defense. Rogerio de Lima, 54% accuracy and 53% defense. Tyler, we're not not talking about high-paced welterweights. One punch, and these guys fold over at heavyweight. But but Brothwell hasn't done that to anybody. Ben Rothwell hadn't submitted anybody in 11 years until he submitted Big uh, Big Chris Barnett, who we just picked. So like you know what I mean? Like it could be a knock on Gian Vellante and then the not and then we take Ben Rothwell as a knock on Chris Barnett, whatever. But the guy is a capable MMA fighter. He just got a win on a on a big stage. It was awesome, by the way, watching it live. And Big Ben also got the win here. And obviously I'm not gonna I don't our goal is not to necessarily always agree. I'm just talking my side. Yeah. I think that Big Ben against guys that are not heavyweights is a win for him. He's too big. He's too strong. He hits too hard. What is Ruggiero going to do? Gas him out? That dude's gassed six minutes into every fight you've ever seen him in. Like, it's not happening. So, uh, he's going to take Ben down and sit on top of him? No. 
like exactly that's what I'm saying. Like you know, kick the shit out of his no, nah, kick the shit out of his lead leg and throw nasty hooks. And I, I just don't I don't trust Ben's chin at this point. You just don't like Ben. You it's another I think this is another uh personal thing for you. I'm Ooh. on big Ben here. Um I, again, not my big is better than night with how confidently I am talking, but I do like I like Ben here. I, I think he's gonna win. Um, a little discourse for the pod here. Yeah, sure. Why not? I like that. And Ben, Ben could even get another finish. Ben could even get another sub finish. So look out for that. Ooh. Hey, listen. If there is a way that Rogerio de Lima is going to lose, it's by submission. He alternates wins and submission losses. So honestly, he is due for a submission loss. But I'm looking to fade the narrative question mark. <laughs> Hey, listen. What's what's Rothwell sub? Because that could be a greasy submission prop of the day. Yeah, we we've needed one, so let's see. Let's see. Rothwell by sub is plus five fifty. That's greasy enough for me. Let's go. What if I do the Lima plus one thirty and Rothwell by submission at plus five fifty to hedge out? Let's go. <laughs> You're insane. Don't uh, yeah. nobody follow this man's advice. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, listen. Yeah. Uh, again, this is the we've just uh, we've dubbed it. This is the worst co-main event ever. Um, I think it would be a disservice to everybody if we didn't break it down simply just because it's the co-main, even though it doesn't deserve to be one. Um, but you know, Ben has put Ben has put his time into the sport, and uh, yeah. he may not be a real UFC Hall of Famer per se, but he's like a a, a fans Hall of Famer. I mean, I guess. But hey, just, uh, like, we took all this time. How about how about we get to yeah. the main event here? Yeah, we did break down these fights pretty damn good. Yeah, so Max Holloway minus seven twenty. Yeah, your Rodriguez plus five hundred. Here we are. Does that smell a little fishy to you for whatever reason? Um, it's just. I mean, it's a little. It just smells like. It just smells like public. You know the the original line or what? Where can I get it at? Where's the number? Hang on, I had it. Here, before. all right. Let's see. Um, I had. So the number for me is right here. Oh wow, that's already changed. I wish minus three twenty. I wish I would have had it. I sent it to you earlier. Anyway, minus um, three twenty. It opened. Yeah, that that's a beautiful fucking number. If anybody got Max, even Max Holloway at minus four hundred. I mean, you're you you got that, then you're a savage. Um, good for you. And uh, that's uh, yeah. This line's now gotten away nobody's really giving Yair a chance and that's really the point. And you know, what did, uh, what did we learn from Clint that, that after 300, after 400, right? It doesn't even matter as much anymore. So now at minus 500, 600, 700. Yeah. It's sketchy, but it's almost like, like Max is gonna, Mm. it's, it's like almost like a landslide. Like Max is gonna win. Right. Yeah. I, um, I don't know, man. This sketches me out, dude. Plus 500. I just don't think Yair Rodriguez is a guy that should ever be plus 500. Um, I, yeah, no, I think... I, I think- I, if, if you ask me what my angle on this fight is, like there is a legitimate chance that Yair Rodriguez gets a knockout in the first two rounds. As much as no one wants to admit that or say, like there is a non-zero chance yeah, your Rodriguez gets a knockout in the first right, two rounds. So, well, I don't. I think the reason that nobody's saying that is because I think we all recognize that it's a fight, and I 
right that that's gonna happen. right but but like that year rodriguez is, is, is especially path. explosive and max holloway is especially yeah. like hittable he Dude, does yeah. absorb 4.58 strikes per 15 minutes like that's not a i i get that like you know compared to you know his opponents and that he's landing 7.26 but he still absorbs four and a half strikes per 15 minutes at some point does the chin break I mean, like, listen, I'm still picking Max Holloway here. I'm just arguing that it's not as far-fetched for Yair to land something in plus 500. I'm not going to be playing the money line, but for me, as far as what I would like to play this fight, fight to go the distance, no, minus 115. Um, Or fight to end by knockout. Um, The last I saw that was uh, plus 100. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing the fight not to go the distance, I mean, I, Max Holloway's not getting submitted. That would be crazy. And he's not getting knocked out. He's not losing on Saturday night. So if, you, if you're taking a Yair Rodriguez ticket money line, you're going to see a lot of a big value ticket sitting in the trash on Sunday morning. Max and, Holloway by knockout plus 130 on DraftKings. If I was to give you the side and whatever like that, I feel like Max Holloway's pressure in the small octagon and the apex where Yair Rodriguez does have better defense than Calvin Cater. He also has much worse cardio and much worse like resilience overall. He does have two knockout losses in his record. And I just have a feeling that this is going to be the third Um, Holloway. He works his combos to the body up top. He's added in leg kicks a lot more since the first Volganovsky fight. And yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm trying to just bring the fair side of things, but listen, it's Max Holloway. And if you want to fade any narrative, it's that Max Holloway can only win by decision. I think he's due for a knockout plus 130. It's probably going to happen in the later rounds, but I don't like playing it over here because I just think he can get it at any point. I just, um, I find myself unable. And again, maybe you look back on it later. And like you said, and, and you say otherwise, maybe he was due. I find myself unable to pull the trigger on Max by KO in that respect because he just he hasn't he doesn't really show that, right? When what was his last KO? Obviously, he's fighting the best I mean, guys. He's fighting the best guys, but right, but he also fought Frankie Yeager two years ago, and Frankie Yeager was getting KO'd around then. He KO'd, he doctor, he doctor stoppage Brian Ortega, ground and pounded Jose Aldo twice. So that's actually pretty well. Cool. So okay, listen, you right. saw, listen, good. Brian Ortega just proved again how tough he is in the Volganovsky fight. I mean, that's two times yeah. he could have been finished. Any other guys probably finished in those two spots. Also, Holloway dropped Volganovsky twice in their second fight. So who yeah. else has done that to Volkanovski? Nobody, nobody. Listen, and, and did you honest. see how fucking badly Calvin Kidd? Herb Dean needs to be like fucking stopped at this point. I mean, he's a, he's a menace, dude. Yo, Calvin Cater, that fight sh- and his quarter too. Yo, fuck that. I mean, they need to stop that fight. Right. One of the two of them. No, dude, Herb Dean or the corner needs to stop that fucking fight. Don't even give me. I oh, disagree. he was fighting bag. I, blah blah. I disagree. no, dude. He was donezo. He was donezo. I disagree. I completely. I disagree. I don't think the Cater fight needed to be stopped. Personally, it wasn't like um, what was that fight? The uh the Abu Dhabi fight where the ref got kicked out right away. I mean, that fight was disgraceful. I mean, did you see how scared Dana was? Yeah, he was scared, but I just don't, 
I, I and I was scared too. I don't know, man. Like, how long has it still, been? We still haven't seen Cater. We still haven't even heard from Cater. What do you mean? How long has it been? Yeah. That was our first pod. Yeah, exactly. So that's what that's I'm saying. Like Holloway, it's been Holloway nearly has a, special, a year now. Has a, has a special uh, has a special vibe to us because he was our first pod. So it's mm-hmm. nice to ha- see him back here on pod 33. Um, Very interesting. But hey, yeah, I mean Holloway. Max effect, Holloway right? is getting the win. Um, and honestly, I and this is and the reason I'm taking Max and I'm taking him uh round four or five decision at minus one ninety five is because I'm giving some credit here to Yair Rodriguez. Um I'm not fully sold on your prop as much as I love it. Like if we're if it's if it's ending if it's not going the distance, it's ending by KO. So to get that at plus money, I do like that. It's just, I think you could have a war here. I really do. Like, I do think that Max, of course, has some pressure, uh, more pressure than you saw in the zombie fight, and and uh, more pressure than you even saw in the Jeremy Stevens fight. Um, I just think that with two years off, Yair is going to be in a in a different in a different shape. He looks in good shape and in ready. You don't come to war with Max Holloway for five rounds unprepared. So I think it's going to be a war. And like Max had to pull out of the last fight with injury. Like, thank you. And I texted you that earlier this week. So thank you for making sure we said it on the pod that, um, that Max had to pull out the last fight with an injury, which is rare for Max. So maybe he had some weird training things. I know now he's married or, or remarried now to a beautiful professional surfer and, you know, rush is growing up, man. It's just, there's a lot of things going on. And, uh, you even said to start the fight that, or start to breaking down the fight that Yair is, you know, particularly explosive and, and does have a path. So I think it's just more of the fact that it's going to be one of those tough decisions, actually. Like, I think Yair maybe hangs tough for a couple rounds. Not that he maybe steals one. I mean, if, if that's the case, plus 1,200 Yair by decision, if you really think that, you better be playing no, that if you have a bet on Max. If you yeah, really that's... think it goes the distance, I mean, like, I, I if this fight goes the distance, I would think that. I mean, if you don't, I don't even so, know, man. Dude, dude, if you don't think so, I mean, under minus one fifteen, under four and a half at plus one twenty four. Like, what are you? Why even? Why are you even worried about KOs or whatever? Why not just? It's true. Why not just start cutting out rounds at that? You know, really because when I was looking, er, when I was looking earlier in the week, I feel like the lines were a little bit different. But you're saying what's just inside the distance on FanDuel? Because on DraftKings it was minus one fifteen. What do you mean, just inside the distance? Like, well, because you gave me the under two and a half. Oh, fight not to go the distance. Uh, minus one hundred two, even money. So that's better than the minus one fifteen I'm seeing here, and I feel like the majority of money is coming in on this fight and the over, or this fight to go the distance. If I see the line keep on moving to further to plus money, that's probably going to be a solid play for me for this fight not to go the distance. Didn't I send you this price earlier this week? I sent it to you. Yeah, so the line has flipped the other way, mind you, just so you're aware. I sent it to you earlier this week, and I was interested, and you said you were interested the other way. The line was, will the fight go the distance? Yes, at plus 104, and no at minus 132. And that line has now ran the other way to minus 124 and minus 102. So if you want to say that that's public narrative, 
you can. My argument would be that we're early in the week, and that would be early sharp line movement. It's interesting. I um, I, I still just feel like this fight doesn't see the distance, but you could you could have something here. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And like that, I think either way, and how as close as maybe I maybe take you off of it, like that's why the this line is as even as it gets. Minus 124, minus 102. That's like those are both minuses. There's no pluses there. Like you're I feel like we've big. seen a lot of sure, like not to go the distance, go the distance recently. And that might be scaring some people off of that idea. Or Tyler <laughs> TV off that idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I get it. I get it. And and like you said, I love the I love the Max's do idea. I mean, I love that. And I love my play of four or five decision at minus two hundred because you're getting crazy chalk on Max. Max is gonna win. I do think that it goes a regular fight's amount of time. Gary Rodriguez is gonna come here and it's gonna be game. Mm. So maybe does he get finished in the fourth? Maybe does he get finished in the fifth? Maybe. Does it go to a crazy distance fight where you know Max wins? Four four rounds to one on you know two out of three judges scorecards and one gives it five zero or something. whatever. I, what do I got to play crystal ball for? I, I think Max wins the fight, and mm. I think that it and I think it takes. I think we get into some championship rounds. I think we get a little extra time. But all right, yeah. I mean, dude, because I mean, imagine Max. If Max, listen to me. I don't care what this line says. If Max sparks Yair Rodriguez within ten minutes. They're going to be calling him the goat. Like they're going to be calling him pound for pound. They're going to be calling I mean, for Volkanovski's name for the roof. They they were I kind mean, of already doing that anyways. No, I know, but <laughs> even like I mean like just I mean if you that's my point, dude. If you thought they were banging the drum before, if he finishes Yair quickly, something cra- they will be banging it louder than you've ever heard in your life. I promise you. Well, you may be right, Guru, but guys, thank you for making it this far. If you have, we really appreciate you following us. Make sure you give us a like and subscribe to this video, and and please go and follow us on on all our related content. Check out that bet MMA because we've been going up, up, up. Guru, take us away, man. Yeah, listen, thank you guys all so much for tuning in. Like my lovely co-host TB said, make sure you're checking us out on all of our social media platforms. Check that link tree. That link tree, it's got everything. Links to all of our stuff. You can give us even a little tip if you made some extra money or you just like our content. You can uh, check us out on YouTube, obviously. Our Bet MMA tips. Man, this podcast is awesome. But if you're like, just check that Bet MMA page out, man. When we post those bets up Saturday, man, that's that's the whole point. Like, I would hate somebody to listen to this podcast for, for two hours. A week and then not check that bet mma page on a saturday go check that bet mma page you can follow us on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. you can follow my lovely co-host tb scouting mma on instagram twitter verdict and tapology and please find me at guru scouting mma on twitter verdict instagram and tapology and uh that's it right check us next week for ufc vegas 43 Vieira versus Vieira versus Tate, right? Hell yeah. That, I mean that card, let let me tell you something. If they keep all the fights there, Lord knows with how these fights go that fights don't 
they don't stay together. But there's like mm. 15 scheduled fights, including Michael Chiesa versus Sean Brady, like Adrian Yanez back, you know, follower of Chronic Combat Conversations, Terrence McKinney back. I mean, this card is uh, really exciting. So stay tuned. Mm. Stay tuned, folks.